Hello and welcome to the Jollywood Podcast. My name is Trent, and today we are going to be going over Adam Sandler's first feature film, Going Overboard. And I have really just one word to say about this whole thing. It's just, what? So this movie, I've never seen it before. This is my first time seeing this movie, and it is something. I don't know if that something is good, but it's definitely something. This movie stars Adam Sandler, of course. This is his first feature film. He is playing someone by the name of Shecky Moskowitz. And sort of the setup for this movie, it's hard to explain because it was hard to tell really what it was. The movie almost starts like a weird documentary. Well, actually, it starts with a character played by the man who played Polly in the Rocky movies. He's some sort of a dictator or president of some other country. It's kind of hard to tell. He talked about it a couple times. It's kind of one of the through lines of the movie is that he's this president and one of the beauty pageant women on the boat, Miss Australia, is kind of bad talking to him throughout the entire movie. And that's sort of where the third act comes in. But back at the beginning, it starts out with him going through a stack of porn VHSs and then finding one that was called the Unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz. And he puts it in and it's immediately about a, I want to say three minutes of an animated Adam Sandler. And when I say animated, it is very minimal animation. It's basically a drawing of him and it, the face will change as he's going through the credits. And instead of just going through the actors, which I thought was going to be it. We're going to go through a few of the actors. You'll see the names, maybe who wrote and directed the movie, and then we would get into the movie. It went through, I feel like, at least half of the actual credits of the movie, which are credits at the end as well, so I don't know why they felt that they had to go this overboard with it. No pun intended. But that's the beginning of the movie. It's, I don't know, and from there, it doesn't make much sense after that. So the setup of the movie is that Adam Sandler, as Shecky, is a bartender on a cruise ship and the cruise ship has a bunch of beauty pageant queens on it and he wants to do stand-up on the boat but there's already a stand-up comedian on the boat that he doesn't really care for and that comedian's name is Dickie Diamond and he's very reminiscent of like an Andrew Dice Clay sort of comedian he's very loud telling kind of vulgar jokes a lot of the comedy in this movie is very weird and random so the movie itself is confusing but the joke structure that they use for this it almost felt like they had a list of jokes that they wanted to make they sat down in a boardroom for maybe an hour two hours and wrote down every joke they could think of including jokes about farts calling people names talking about people's weight wrote them all down on a list and then tried to write a script around it and it didn't work very well there's some moments in the film that feel like the movie just stops. They get about five, ten minutes worth of jokes that don't really connect to each other out of the way. And then the movie continues again for a little bit. And it's just weird. Like, that's really the main thing I can say about this movie. Is it's just weird. I don't know if the director went in with an idea for this movie. It felt like they wanted to do a movie like Airplane with random humor that just gets put in there. But they, it's not a good movie. Like, Airplane's a good movie. Airplane had a story that was easy to tell from beginning to end. Man gets on an airplane, crisis happens on airplane, man has to fly airplane at the end to save it. In there, there's random jokes and random humor, but the jokes land because they're funny and they still have to do with what's going on in the movie to some extent. Like each of the passengers on airplane has their jokes about what they're doing or about their character. But in this movie, there's scenes where Adam Sandler and his friend, the other bartender on the boat, Bob, 
we'll just randomly talk about needing to figure out a problem and so they should just sing and then they both stare at the camera and do a little dance number and sing and then go back into doing whatever they're doing multiple times Adam Sandler as Shecky will point out the camera so I'm unsure if he knows he's being filmed like it's supposed to be a documentary but then there's times when the camera is in places that wouldn't make sense for a documentary and no one else really interacts with the camera unless Adam Sandler is interacting with the camera so anyway back to the plot of the movie he wants to do stand-up comedy on the boat but there's already a stand-up on the boat that's Dickie Diamond who again is very vulgar yells all these jokes one of the early jokes in the movie has him telling a joke and kind of talking bad about one of the women in the audience so Adam Sandler as Shecky has a daydream where he tells him to stop and he doesn't so then he shoots him and goes up there and tells jokes and gets all these laughs and then it comes back to a camera shot of just Dickie's face laughing intensely. It's just weird. Like, it feels out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that you can't have weird random humor movies. Again, like I said, Airplane is one of the biggest ones that's just random. Even movies like Scary Movie Movies, they kind of got worse as they went on. I, I mean, I still enjoy them, but they, they, you know, got worse. But the first couple, again, pretty good movies, and they had random humor, but it made sense within the movie because they were still grounded in the movie's reality while this movie again just feels like they just tried to add as many weird shock humory things into it to make it what they would think would be entertaining but it it wasn't i can usually zone out into a movie no matter how bad it is um without much of an issue but i was checking the clock after about 20 minutes and i can't i couldn't believe that it only been 20 minutes because it felt like there had been so much happening without anything really happening so the movie keeps going. He's talking to his friend Bob, the other bartender, about wanting to do stand-up. Bob, I guess, doesn't like stand-up or doesn't understand comedy because he keeps trying jokes out on him, which aren't funny. But I think in the movie they are supposed to be funny. But Bob doesn't laugh, and he like doesn't get it, and he keeps asking it to be explained. And then we move on to kind of gratuitous, not-needed shots of the beauty pageant queens, just like in bikinis and just kind of chilling and Shecky is delivering them drinks but he's also kind of dancing while he's giving drinks and there's one scene where a man goes by and high fives all of them to music and then keeps doing it and then it just cuts to this rock star character who is there with his agent and his agent's trying to get him to make action figures of himself but he doesn't want to make action figures of himself and then Shecky comes over to get their drinks and he looks at the camera and says this plot line wasn't really needed we just needed to add something here so the movie knows that it didn't need this character who does come back and there is story with him but I almost feel like the movie wasn't long enough so they added an extra character so that there could be an extra maybe 15-20 minutes of just that character doing things including a weird concert in the middle of the movie where they play a full song and the shooting style of the camera is almost like an old music video where somebody's playing live and it's zooming in with close-ups in the crowd which takes place after Shecky gets a chance to try to do stand-up because a weird scene, and I'm sorry I'm all over the place, this movie's kind of all over the place, but a weird scene where, for whatever reason, Dickie Diamond is feeling sick and his girlfriend, Miss Australia, who gets mad at Shecky earlier in the movie because he said hi to her at the bar and that causes her to tell Dickie that he was hitting on her even though he just said hi, and then Dickie knocks Shecky out and takes off. Anyway, he's sick for whatever reason. His hat falls off in the water, and he goes into his bathroom to be sick. And then Miss Australia, his girlfriend, comes and sees the hat in the water and immediately assumes that he's dead. Meanwhile, Dickie is locked in the bathroom and not able to get out. No one can hear him. So they hold a funeral with a very weird priest, and 
as the funeral is going on, Shecky is visited by Billy Zane dressed up as, as King Neptune, which, again, me just trying to explain this movie, it sounds like I'm jumping around to random parts, but I'm not. That is this movie. It's weird and random. I feel like the director of this movie was trying to make a movie in the vein of a so bad that it's good. So, so bad that it's good, if you haven't heard of that phrasing, is a movie like The Room where it's so bad. The writing is bad, the acting is bad, the scenes are bad, everything, that you love it, that it's fun to watch, you have fun watching it, you can make jokes at it, you know, uh, and there are some points in those movies which may be good, but for the most part, you're watching it to be entertained for a reason that the director didn't mean. And that is what the main difference here is. A movie like The Room is so bad that it's good but the reason is that the director of that movie was trying to make something good as far as the director of that movie Tommy Wiseau thought as far as they knew he was making a good movie he was finally making the movie he wanted to make so he put all of his time and effort into it and it just turns out to not be good but there's something special about watching something like that because you can see that he that there was work put into it and so even though it's bad you enjoy watching it because it's still a movie that was meant to be good, so you can kind of get into it and make jokes at it, but you can see that he was trying. A movie like this, the director, who is Valerie Bremen, who only made a few other movies, which were all, from what I could tell, in the same vein of trying to make just weird, jokey, bad movies, I feel that she was trying, again, to make... I don't think she would describe it as a bad movie, but she was trying to be weird and gross out and make... a quote-unquote bad movie but when you're trying to make a bad movie you make a bad movie so trying to make a good movie and it turns out bad it's unfortunate but again there's entertainment value in that but a movie that's you're trying to make weird and bad and low budget and offensive in parts and gross in parts and confusing in most parts you make it you're making a bad movie and so the whole movie feels like a bunch of scenes again somebody wrote out a list of jokes Maybe Adam Sandler helped on it. I don't believe he was one of the writers on it. Oh, he was. Adam Sandler wrote on this movie, I guess, in some additional material. There's a few moments where he does stand up in the movie. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what he wrote. But even that's not very funny. I know Adam Sandler can have some funny comedy. I know he's written on some of his other movies and those have been fine. I believe this may have just been because it was so early on in his career and he doesn't even like the movie. He doesn't list it on his website in his filmography. I had to find that on IMDb. But it's just so odd because the movie feels like it's just scenes that were thought out as jokes and then they tried to make a scene around it, which makes a weird movie. I mean, I'm sure it can be done, but in this case, it couldn't be done. So after that funeral part, Shecky is given his chance to do stand-up on the boat. There's a few scenes where he does stand up, no one laughs at any of his jokes, and Dickie Diamond stays locked in the bathroom until like the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, there's one scene where the agent and the rock star go down there and they hear him shouting and they recognize that it's his voice but since everyone thinks he's dead they assume it's a ghost and they get out of there and that's their last scene they had that scene the concert scene in the very beginning and then that's it there was really no reason to have them in the movie but again the director knew that that's why they put that in the script intercut throughout the movie we zoom back to the president the general noriga played by Burt Young from Rocky, we keep cutting back to him watching the movie that we're watching and also kind of intercut is scenes of the beauty pageant queens answering questions and that's where a lot of the Miss Australia parts come in of her bad talking this general. So it's constantly showing back to him 
There's a part where she says he stinks, so he's smelling his breath, his armpits, his socks, that sort of thing. And then later on in the movie, he starts to get pissed off at her, so he brings in these two mercenaries, I guess, that are on his island to go kill her. And there's a good minute and a half scene of them going back and forth saying, you want us to kill the girl on the tape, the girl that's on the TV, right? The girl that's on the TV right now, that's who you want us to kill. Yes, I want you to kill the girl that's on the TV. Okay, just to be clear, you want us to kill the girl that's on the videotape on the TV. That that goes back and forth for a bit. And so they go. And that's sort of the last half to last quarter of the movie is them getting to the boat and being very over the top and weird to go kill Miss Australia. Going back to the boat, Again, Shecky keeps trying to do his jokes. People aren't laughing at him. The only person who seems supportive, because even Bob, again, doesn't really understand the jokes. So he doesn't like the jokes. He comes out and says he doesn't understand comedy, doesn't like comedy. So the only supportive person on the boat is the bartender, which this is actually pretty cool because I did recognize him. His name is Alan Covert, and he's been in most of Adam Sandler's movies, and this is his first movie. So... It's nice to see that they started out together in movies and kind of stuck with that. That, that is really nice. That's really refreshing. I've, I remember him from movies like Big Daddy, Little Nicky, that sort of thing. He's big characters in those, as well as being the main character in some of the Happy Madison movies like Grandma's Boy. So it's nice seeing him because other than Billy Zane and Adam Sandler, he's one of maybe two other people, maybe three total other people than I mentioned who are recognizable, which is weird because the other people who I recognized are Billy Bob Thornton, which is, this is one of his earlier roles as well. He had done some TV before this and maybe a movie or two. And Peter Berg, who I've seen in a few things, he plays the agent. But it's weird to me because everybody else in this movie I don't recognize. Maybe there are people I don't know from other movies. Again, apart from Burt Young as well, because I've, I've seen the Rocky movies. I know he's in those. But this feels like a movie where they got as many young actors as they could, and some of them somehow made it past this movie to make more movies which good for them because this movie looks like may have ended more careers than theirs so they could have had a worse fate i suppose later on in the movie the terrorists get to the boat there's an extended chase sequence throughout the boat trying to kill miss australia who is being helped by shecky and bob since her husband died bob helps her out a couple times they fall in love and they get engaged by the end of the movie and that all takes place in about 10 minutes Multiple times, Shecky looks to the camera and starts talking. There's a scene earlier on in the movie where he was talking to Bob about random stuff and how Bob doesn't understand the jokes. And then Adam Sandler looks to the camera, says, we'll figure that out after this, and then makes a very weird face. And then it just goes to about a two-minute scene of him on a beach with a girl on top of him. Again, very disjointed, very weird. The coolest part of this movie, for me, it was the only part that felt... Like it had some sort of direction put behind it, and I enjoyed it. Was a scene somewhat near the middle, and it starts out in a stupid way where Shecky decides that he's having a bad day, so he's gonna go to sleep, makes a silly face, lays his head down, immediately goes into a dream sequence. Whatever, I'm used to it at this point. That's about halfway during the movie, so I'm used to the weird cuts. But the dream sequence is actually pretty creepy. It's basically Dicky telling him he's no good while he's in this kind of smaller room in like a straitjacket with an apple in his mouth and Dickie is just sitting there berating him and telling him that he's no good and it keeps cutting to this random girl hitting a drum after every joke and her face is unmoving she just has this wide-eyed stare with this creepy smile and he keeps berating him and near the end of this little weird dream sequence it turns into this 
pretty good animation of him ripping his face off while he's smiling. That part was legitimately creepy. It still didn't feel like it belonged in the movie, but it was a good part. That's probably the best part of this movie. Not probably, that is the best part of this movie. It was, again, so weird, but I I was used to it by that point. I was still kind of watching it with this curiosity, but that part stuck out to me as this really cool little moment in kind of awful movie. I don't like calling movies awful. I don't like saying that a movie is bad. Like I said in the first episode, movies mean a lot to me, so I don't like ever calling them bad. And this movie is, I don't even know if I want to call it bad, I just want to call it weird. Because, like I said, it has that part, and it has a couple of jokes that don't, they may not be funny, but they're not groaners. They just sort of happen, and that's it. But this movie is, it's not bad, but it's awful. I don't know if that would make sense. Because for it to be bad would mean that, I don't think anyone should watch it. It's awful, but I almost feel like if you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. I know I just talked a lot about it, and I probably should have given a spoiler warning at the beginning, but for this movie made in, I believe, 89 with Adam Sandler, where it really doesn't have a story to spoil, I should be fine. In the future, I'll try to be better about that, especially about movies like Uncut Gems, stuff that has an actual story in it. I'll try to be better about putting a spoiler warning, and that will still be somewhat newish. This one, if you haven't seen it, you're probably not going to see it unless you're watching it through for the podcast, which thank you for that. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about anything about this movie, but it's an experience, but it's just not a good experience. I would say watch it if you're curious after hearing this, because I know that if I heard somebody explain it the exact way I did, I would feel like they were jumping back and forth and talking about three different movies. So I would say definitely watch it for the experience of it, but if you don't, you're also not going to lose anything. His movies now, or from a few years ago, I'm always hearing about how bad they are. Movies like Jack and Jill, movies like Grown Ups, movies like Ridiculous Six, Pixels. I constantly hear about how weird and bad these movies are, but I cannot imagine it's going to be much weirder or worse than this movie. I feel maybe it's because they're more modern, so I'll be able to, I guess, connect with them more. I don't know. Maybe it'll be because it has more actors I recognize, especially the grown-ups movies. Since I used to watch Saturday Night Live and all their older movies, I would recognize a lot of them. But this movie is just weird. It feels like a fever dream in parts. There's just those random scenes where he just says something, and then it completely cuts to a completely different scene, which is normal in a movie sometimes, but... The shooting is different on the scene, or the jokes are different, or the characters... I don't know if this was from how I watched it. I watched it on YouTube because they have it on there free with ads. But at the beginning of the movie, when he's talking and kind of going over it, it sounded like he did a voiceover over what he was saying, which I know is normal sometimes, especially if someone's wearing like a mask. You'll usually have them maybe say the lines under the mask, but a lot of times they'll go into a recording booth and do a voiceover for that, so it's easier to hear. Or if somebody flubbed a line, so they wanted to try to sneak it in like a little bit there. But he was saying exactly what was coming out of the voiceover. And maybe it was my movie being weird near the beginning. But then a few minutes later, everyone was talking like normal. And it stayed like that for the rest of the movie, except for one or two parts where it kind of felt like they was doing a voiceover again. But it just goes in so many weird places. And I don't dislike weird movies. Um, A lot of the movies that I enjoy that are some of my favorites are weird but they're purposely weird in a way that's entertaining. A movie like Napoleon Dynamite is going to be the more 
generic response that everyone's going to know that has weird parts in it and it has weird scenes like the uncle backing over the top wire and then just taking off because it broke that was funny it was weird but it made sense and it was humorous it was a good movie movies like gentleman's broncos which may not have as many people who know that movie it's in the same vein as napoleon dynamite again it's weird it has weird parts there's a scene where a man just holding a snake next to a woman talking and at the end of the segment the snake just randomly poops on her and she starts freaking out again weird probably didn't really need to be in the movie but it added to it in the humor because it kept with the same themes of the movie the movie is very awkward and it just has those kind of out of nowhere scenes but it makes sense in that kind of a movie because that's what they were going for and it had good writing behind those scenes this movie is being weird for the sake of being weird it's being bad for the sake of being bad it's being gross for the sake of being gross but none of it is adding to the plot line. None of it is making the movie any better. It's making the movie worse. It's not pushing the plot along if there was a plot. It's making it just, I don't know how to describe it other than weird. It's making the plot not make sense in a movie where the plot already doesn't make sense. If they had gotten better writers, would it have saved the movie? Unless they got someone who was edited different and someone who directed different? No, but then at that point you're making an entirely different movie. So that's Going Overboard, also known as The Unsinkable, Shecky Moskowitz. This movie, I didn't think his first movie was going to bring out this sort of emotion. I thought I would maybe get to his later stuff that people say is bad and have this sort of conversation. But I cannot imagine it going anything weirder or worse than this. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll be surprised. But I highly doubt it. This is probably going to join the other movie on my list of movies I don't like which the other movie is John Dies at the End. And the only reason I dislike that movie is because I enjoyed the book so much. And I know a lot of times book to movies don't work, but maybe I'll talk about it more in depth in the future. But the movie served no justice to the book. The best thing was the beginning scene. The rest was just green screen garbage. But that was the only movie on my list for about five or six years since I've seen it. Well, now it has a little bit of a, it has a partner on that list. Let's go over a little bit of the trivia on this movie. Every time I watch a movie, personally, I go over the trivia to see some cool little details, um, something I may have missed, weird connections it may have to other movies. So that's always been a big part of what I do. Uh, you can ask anybody that I've seen a movie with. I'm immediately on my phone afterwards looking up that information. So the movie was only in theaters for two weeks when it first came out in 89. And that was when it was under the a title of The Unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz. And that was it. It was in there for two weekend mornings, a Saturday and a Sunday, December 9th and 10th, 1989. We almost made the anniversary. So happy anniversary, everybody. But it was re-released back in the mid-90s again once Adam Sandler was a little more popular after he had had some more movies under his belt and had been on, had been on Saturday Night Live. Again, this is Adam Sandler and Alan Covert's first movie together, and they've been in almost every movie together since. A weird thing that they did, and this is a part piece of trivia as well, a weird thing they did is constantly have what he's wearing, unless he's in his uniform, his bartending uniform, they constantly had his shirts changing color or changing style there's a little bit of a back and forth between Shecky and bob about what shirt he should wear when he does his first stand-up and they decide on the green shirt and as he's wearing it the style and the color of it will change at one point i believe it was pink and then the scene where they're getting chased by the terrorists on the boat it's green again but it, i think up and down stripes instead of checkerboard which good on them for 
trying to add like a little bit of that kind of a humor because that, that's not as bad to me that's sort of a if you see it you see it it's not kind of in your face that much but it also just seems again kind of in in theme with this movie of just trying to be weird and having these weird changing scenes and then the last little bit of trivia which isn't really talked about here but it is a part i wanted to bring up like i said burt young is in the movie as this general who's kind of greasy and over-the-top weird and gross. But at this time, he'd already been in a couple of the Rocky movies, so he was pretty well-known. I thought it was weird that they got him in this, but I mean, you know, at, at that point, after those kind of movies, you still have to make movies, so maybe they offered him a good pay because he was a recognizable actor at the time. But they had a sequence, another dream sequence, which I believe was right after the scary dream sequence, but it may have been a little bit later on in the movie. Like I said, this whole movie is kind of jumbled, where it's parodying Rocky. And of course, they make a joke about the ref being a midget, and when they go to touch gloves, they accidentally hit him, and it has a weird cartoon sound effect of like a bonk. And they play this weird version of the Rocky tune, but you could tell they couldn't get like the rights to the Rocky tune. So it starts out sounding similar and then immediately goes into a different sound altogether. And again, this one's another clever-ish joke because instead of actually boxing each other, they're making jokes at each other and acting like they're getting hit. Fine, it's whatever. But I feel like they missed, they made this over-the-top Rocky joke, but they didn't have Burt Young come in as Polly or like a joke of Polly when they have him in the movie and they're doing a Rocky joke. Maybe they just never thought about it or maybe they thought that it wouldn't make sense because he plays a different character, which shouldn't matter in this because the guy who played Bob also played Shecky's mother in a dream sequence and they make a joke about how similar they look. But yeah, that's the only other real trivia that they had about the movie. Well, that wasn't even trivia. That was just something I remember to bring up now. This movie currently has a 1.8 out of 10 stars on IMDb and an 11% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it really shows. I'm honestly surprised that number isn't lower. Looking at people talking about this movie online, there's a few that enjoy it as a so bad it's good movie. But the general consensus is it's just a so bad that it's bad movie which I would agree with. Again, I don't like calling movies bad. I don't like disparaging movies because someone put their heart and soul into that movie to make it. Whether it's good or bad, they tried. I can't even say the same thing about this, so I don't feel bad calling this a bad movie or an awful movie. Well, guys, that was Going Overboard, Adam Sandler's first feature film from 89. Again, I would suggest if you're curious after everything I just said about it, definitely check it out. It's free on YouTube. You don't have to have like anything special it's set free with ads. Mine didn't play ads at all, but you may get an ad or two before it. Definitely check it out if you want a weird, non-funny comedy to watch. I could see this one maybe being fun if you have a bunch of friends over to make fun of it. I kind of just sat there in shock, not understanding really what was happening. And if you don't want to watch it, again, you're not missing anything. I, I gave you all of what I think were maybe the important plot points in the movie and important jokes if you do if you don't want to watch the movie but you want to see a couple of those weird scenes try looking up the dream sequences because those are genuinely pretty good um the only one that was dumb was the one again where he was on the beach with a random girl that one made no sense that one really didn't wasn't needed the punchline of that was just that his friend bob was his mother in that dream talk about how he makes her sick that sort of thing but the next episode we it's gonna be maybe a long one i don't know um i have a few episodes of things to watch and i'm going to add that on to shakes the clown i've never seen shakes the clown i don't know how big of a part he has in shakes the clown but we will be watching one episode of a tv show called the marshall chronicles where he plays an usher so that one may only be a scene 
that'll probably be stuck on to the beginning as well as an ABC After School special where he plays a drug dealer. I'm actually pretty excited for that one. I've always been a fan of those weird after school specials or very special episodes of TV shows. It's just fun to watch them try to take such a serious topic, especially when they have comedians in it. I'm excited to see him try to play someone who I don't think he's going to be super serious in it, if I had to guess. He's probably going to be his same self trying to give drugs to a kid as well as a TV movie called The Dog Police, which I'm also interested in because there's only two actors credited to it, and it's him and Jeremy Piven, which I'm assuming this would be another pretty early role for him. Those three should be tagged on to Shakes the Clown unless I can't find some of them. The ABC After School special might be kind of hard to find unless I can find it randomly on YouTube. Same with The Marshall Chronicles. I don't know if that was on anything. I've never heard of the show. I think it was only on for like a season. So that may not be on like any streaming sites. I might have to try to find that on YouTube or online somewhere. And again, The Dog Police, it looks like it only has the two actors in it. It says it's a TV movie, but I don't know if I'll be able to find that one. I think doing a little bit of research before I started this podcast, I think I had found maybe a video about that. I don't know if it was a full movie or just a trailer. I'll look into that. And then Shakes the Clown will be sort of the main focus of that episode. But again, I've never seen Shakes the Clown. He may have a five minute scene in that. If so, it may be a shorter-ish episode, but I will be going over the movie as a whole as well, but maybe just not into as much detail as Going Overboard, because I doubt it's going to be as weird of a movie as Going Overboard. With all that said, if you guys have any thoughts on the movie I've watched or the movie I'm going to watch, feel free to reach out to me at jollywoodpodcast at gmail.com with anything you have to say about, again, Going Overboard or the three episodes of the TV or the Shakes the Clown that I'm going to be going over, if you have anything to say about those, send it in. I would be more than happy to read it. And I will read everything that comes in. And then if I think that it'll add to the show or add to the discussion, I'll talk about it on the episode as well. So again, that's jollywoodpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for sitting through this weird mess of a movie. And I will see you guys next time for... The Marshall Chronicles, ABC After School Specials, The Dog Police, and Shakes the Clown. See you guys later.